Uh, guys, it's fantastic to have uh, to have you here this morning. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Stuart Starr. I'm the lead pastor here, and it is great to introduce myself and this guy over here. Kids, who's this? Sid, the associate pastor. Sid, the associate pastor. Is Sid the associate pastor? Yeah. <laughs> we Fine, Sid we... the bishop. <laughs> I was going to say, we won't say either the bishop or the associate pastor is oh. a monkey, but um, that's good. Uh, uh, Excellent. You walked right into that one. Yes, that's right. Well done, Sid the Gorilla. Um, hey, uh, hey, kids, uh, we are very excited that you're here today. Did anyone oh. wake up early this morning? Put your hand up if you woke up early this morning. Okay, now I'm going to go. Put I your, woke keep, up. Keep your hand up if you woke up before, no, after 7 o'clock. Did anyone wake up after 7 o'clock this morning? Oh, mm. adults, I see those mm. hands. Well done. Yeah. Oh, well done. No excitement. And you had a child that wake up, your kids wake up after seven. Wow. Okay, that's impressive. Kids, did anyone wake up after 6.30? No? Did anyone wake up after six o'clock in the morning? Oh, well done, Ellie. Some sleeping in. Well, some parents, they're looking, well, you're looking normal. That's good. Did, any, uh, did any, any kids wake up after 5.30 in the morning? Did anyone, did anyone wake up before 5 o'clock this morning? Oh, Campbell, Paul, Heidi. Are and you Sid. serious? And Sid, you did as well. Yep. Gracious. I woke up at 2. You woke up at 2? 2 a.m. Did you go back to sleep again, Sid? Yes. Oh, that's good. Hey, Sid, why did you wake up so early? I was hungry. You were hungry. That's good. And I also wanted to steal some presents from under the tree. Did he steal anyone's presents? Were, your, were all your presents under the tree? Hey, how, would, how would they know? How would they know? <laughs> That's an excellent question, I guess, Sid. Uh, they wouldn't know, but um, we, we've asked you and you said no. Hey, Sid, have you got a yes. question for the kids? Hi. I'm Sid, and I have a question for you. <laughs> oh, that's good. What is special about Christmas? What's special about Christmas? Phoebe, I see your hand. What? It's ah. Jesus' birthday. That's a great answer. Has anyone got anything else to add? Yes, Sarah? What else is special about Christmas? Because we get presents. I have a different question. Great answer. Oh, yes. Oh, and Rachel, you got, a que- you got an answer too? What's special about Christmas? Snowflakes are special about Christmas. If we see someone here with a snowflake, that would be very special indeed. Uh, Sid, you've got an... Oh, and you want one too, mate? Take- I'm, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We celebrate Jesus' birth. Outstanding answer. Sid, can you tell me what you're dreaming of? A white Christmas. Did you eat it? Because in Australia you can only dream of it. Yes, we can dream of it. Or you can eat it. Has anyone eaten any white Christmas this Christmas? Oh, man, I love it. Oh, somewhere where someone made hey, Stuart, it recently. I yes. have a better question. You have a better question. There are, I'm sure there are better questions. Sid, what's your better question? Kids, kids, listen. Hard question. Maybe not hard. Depends. What is the best Christmas present? You're yelling out. You're yelling out. Um, Ellie. What's the best Christmas present? Jesus. Just wait, Rara. Oh, oh, Jesus. Why Jesus? He doesn't come in wrapping paper. Did Jesus come in wrapping paper? Well, he did come wrapped in cloths, didn't he? I think, is that right? So the shepherds found Jesus under the Christmas tree and wrapped in Santa paper. Did, did the shepherds find Jesus wrapped in Santa paper? No. What was he wrapped in? It was wrapped in cloths. Yeah, wrapped up oh. like a little bundle. So how is he a present? How is he a present? Well, Jesus is a present to us. He's God's gift to us because he's God's presence with us. 
Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Hey, adults, everybody go, ah, ah. So, so the, wonderful, the wonderful Christmas present that we get from God is God with us, Emmanuel, God's presence with us. Hey, Sid, that's the best thing about Christmas by far. So Jesus is the best present by being present. Correct. Outstanding, Sid. Ah. Well done. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the con- consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, When the parents brought in the child of Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Just going to uh, take a moment now uh, in our service. We've heard from God's word. We've sung some songs. We've got the Christmas story before us. Uh, To think a little bit further um, on that reading that was brought to us uh, by Heidi. So uh, if you've got your Bibles there, we're going to be looking at, um, at Luke chapter 2. Uh, so it might be handy to have that open if you can. Uh, that would be great. Uh, I'm going to pray for us and, uh, and then we'll get underway. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the chance to gather today. We thank you for the family uh, that is gathered here. We pray, Father, right now that you would help us to concentrate briefly, that we might understand what we are doing today and who it is that we celebrate. We ask it in God's name. Amen. All right. Uh, I want to start uh, by uh, just quickly having a think about Jesus. You know, he's the reason for the season and all those sorts of things. Uh, Who is this Jesus uh, that we come to celebrate today? Uh, Some people might say, what? He's not the Messiah. He's a... All right, very good. Okay, so that's an opinion about Jesus. Uh, Some of you uh, might have uh, seen a picture of Jesus that looks a little bit like this. Um, I think this is kind of the California surfer Jesus, um, the, the one who, um, you know, has the, fl- the flowing locks that could be in a shampoo commercial. And, uh, of course, he's white uh, and, uh, and he looks, you know, just completely unlike anyone from the Middle East. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the Jesus that, uh, that we often see um, portrayed in, uh, in movies like that. Uh, there's another kind of Jesus that you might have seen, a, uh, a more iconic Jesus, uh, a Jesus who uh, is ancient and represented in a particular way that um, 
that looks uh, more like this. Uh, in fact, in iconography, you'll often see Jesus portrayed even as a baby with an adult's face. Uh, it's a very respectful uh, way to try and reflect on Jesus. Uh, but it seems when we reflect on Jesus this way, often at times we can leave him in the ancient past and fail to think of him as being present uh, and real. Uh, I'm pretty convinced uh, that Jesus didn't have a halo as he was walking around and that if he had, he probably would have been out of the carpentry business before he turned 33, I suspect. Uh, so an iconic picture of Jesus. Uh, the fourth one I want to show you is kind of like this one here. Um, it's the, uh, the, the, lamb, the lamb carrying Jesus, uh, not card carrying, lamb carrying Jesus. Uh, and this one, I think, is often equated with kind of the, um, the crutch for the weak. Uh, the, the, the nice, lovely Jesus, um, who's helpful only for those people who kind of need that sort of thing. Not, not, for, not for regular people like us, and uh, you know, not for strong women and, and for strong men. We, we wouldn't really need a Jesus like that. Uh, more, more a Jesus of the kids' Sunday school room poster. Uh, I want to suggest to you today that all four of these uh, pictures are inadequate in drawing a full picture of who Jesus is. Maybe, maybe, uh, except for probably the first one, uh, they point us in some direction um, towards who Jesus is. So who is he? Who is this Jesus that we come to celebrate today, 2,000 years later? Well, I want to suggest four things from the reading that was brought to us by Heidi. And uh, the first thing I want to suggest to you is the Jesus that we look at, the real Jesus who's really there, is first and foremost, humble. Humble. What I have up on the screen there is a coin uh, from the time of Jesus, and uh, it shows us uh, one of the small coins of the time. I'm going to suggest to you that his parents uh, were not rich, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think that. If we have a look uh, in the Bible, we can see uh, in Luke chapter 2, uh, these things here. It says this, When the time for the purification rites required by the law of Moses came, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now you look at that and you think, Huh? How is that actually helping us? What is that telling us that's helpful? If we dive back into the Old Testament, right back in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, a book that you probably won't be reading for your holiday reading, I'm suspecting, in the book of Leviticus, it tells some laws in the Old Testament about how the pregnant mother was to be purified after she'd had a baby. And uh, here's a little bit uh, that it says. Uh, when the days of her purification for the son or daughter are over, she is to bring, the priest to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. He shall offer them before the Lord to make atonement for her and then she'll be ceremonially clean. These are the regulations for the woman who gives birth to a boy or girl. But listen to this. This is the payoff bit. But if she cannot afford a lamb... She is to bring two doves or two young pigeons for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. What we're saying is it was regular for the Israelites to bring a lamb when you have a baby to the priest who would offer it as a sacrifice. 
However, in God's economy, he understood that some people would be rich enough to afford a lamb and some people wouldn't be. And if you couldn't afford a lamb, then you would offer this, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And what it says in the Bible here is that Jesus' parents, the parents of the Son of God on earth, brought to the sacrifice a pair of pigeons or two young doves. Now, this is a very simple point, but what I want you to see is that the greatest human being who ever lived, Jesus Christ, God with us, came into a family who were not rich or prestigious or powerful. That's extraordinary. Why would God do this? Oh, thanks so much, Rachel. You've coloured that in, have you? That's beautiful. Thanks, gorgeous. Why would God do this? Because humility at its very heart is bound up with what it means for God to become flesh, to become one of us. The first thing I want you to know about the real Jesus is though he's the one who commands angels, who spoke the universe into being, he entered this world in humility to a poor family. Humility is the first thing I want you to know about the God who is really there. Secondly, I want you to know that he came with a purpose. Uh, it wasn't sort of like uh, Jesus sort of said, oh, I'm a bit bored today, Dad. And, uh, and uh, like mums and dads often do, you know, go and play on the trampoline outside, kids, burn off some energy. Incidentally, if you don't have a trampoline, get one. They're brilliant. Uh, but God didn't say, Jesus, just, just run along and uh, spend some time on earth. That, that was not the reason that he came. Jesus came to earth with a very specific purpose. He came to be the saviour. Have a listen to uh, what it says uh, here in, uh, in Luke chapter 2. Again, we're going to have a look at um, verses 29 to 30. This is what Simeon said. Uh, Simeon was prompted by God to go to the temple, and then he sees Jesus, and this is what he spoke. He said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations. What he said was, God, I've been waiting my whole life. The people of Israel have been waiting a thousand years. And now God had sent into his world a saviour. Now at some level, uh, I, I often compare this to, uh, to the idea. I can probably do this here on my phone. Uh, here we go. Um, if, uh, if I hold this light up now, uh, can you see that? Yep. All right. Is it helping any of you to see better? No. Uh, in fact, if I shine it at you, it's probably just vaguely annoying, isn't it? That's all it's really contributing. Not helpful, vaguely annoying. Today, if I tell you that Jesus is a saviour, you might think to yourself, that's interesting and maybe it's vaguely annoying. It's not really helpful. But if I tell you that this room is now totally dark, if we came back at the middle of the night, this room was totally dark, and I put that torch on, tiny as it is, would it be helpful? In fact, being the only light in the room, it would be of great need for all of us. The Bible tells us that you and I need a saviour. It's not something that you and I would often think that we need. Uh, you might get stuck with a flat tyre somewhere and you think, I need someone to save me, and you call for the NRMA. It's not like that. You and I need a saviour because we are enemies with God and we need to be made right with him. 
Now, if I tell you that and you think, I don't feel like an enemy of God, you'll think that's just the annoying light flashing in you. The Bible tells us that you and I are not right with God, but God did not leave it there. He sent his son to save us, to make us right with God. And that becomes then the best news that you and I have ever heard. Not annoying, but a beautiful light shining in the darkness, offering you and I peace with God. Forgiveness for our sins, for our rebellion and our wrongdoing. A clear conscience and a fresh start. In fact, that's why we named the church New Life, that we might find a new life with God, forgiven by him. The first thing I want you to know about the real Jesus is that he's humble. The second thing I want you to know is that he came as a saviour. Here's the third thing. He came to be Lord of all, King of all. Have a listen to, uh, to what it says here at the end of verse, uh, verses 30 and 32. Simeon's uh, waxing lyrical. He says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. At one level, I don't know, you probably haven't heard Gentiles before. You might not know what that means. The people in the Bible at this time, the people of Israel, thought they were the only people in the world that God cared about. What God did was expand the vision to say, actually, this saviour, he's not just for you. He is for the whole world. It says quite wonderfully in, uh, in Isaiah, something that the people of Israel should have known and loved and looked forward to that Simeon has picked up here. Have a listen to this little verse here in Isaiah 49 and verse 6. He says this, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Brothers and sisters, you and I are sitting here in Australia. It's a long way from Israel. I don't reckon they even knew Australia existed. God has kept his promise to make Jesus Lord of the whole earth because salvation has come to the ends of the earth, even Australia and Oran Park. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. So the third thing, he's humble, he's saviour, he's Lord of the whole earth, not just a little slither in Palestine. Fourthly and lastly, he came to be the judge of you and I, the judge of you and I, to work out where we're going. And this picture is a bit more cryptic than the other ones. Have a look with me for a second. Can you see two arrows up the top? One's going up, one's going down. You can guess where they're pointing, can't you? Okay, very good. God will determine our direction for all eternity at the end. And Jesus has come to be the one who will make that decision. It's here in the text. Have a look with me at verses 34 and 35. Here's what, uh, here's what Simeon says. He says this. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Jesus will cause the falling of many who think they're right before God. God, you're lucky to have me on your team. He will bring those people down. But he will cause the rising of those who know, God, I'm not worthy of you. I know in my own heart, if the thoughts of my heart were revealed, I would not be able to say to you, God, let me into heaven. I'm a good bloke. I'm a good woman. We all sin 
And Jesus will cause the rising of those who realize it and say, I'm wrong, God. He will lift those people up and he will bring down the proud who say, God, I don't need you. I'm doing pretty fine on my own. Jesus will cause the rising and the falling of people in Israel. And notice how he'll do it. It says there, a sword will pierce your own soul too. He says that to Mary. When will a sword pierce Mary's heart? Can anyone think? When Jesus dies on the cross to secure our salvation. It's all there. I mean, imagine being the mum at that point. You look, you're holding a baby in your arms. And the man who's there says, this son of yours is going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for the whole earth, and a sword will pierce your own heart too. Imagine the mixed emotions that would be there for Mary. Great pride and hope in the beautiful boy that she has, and at some level fear and dread at what lies ahead for her and for her boy. Today we know the answer, not only that Jesus died on the cross, but he was raised again, filling Mary and those who follow him with great joy. So here's how I want to finish. I had a little bit of a chuckle at this earlier. Uh, Here's the thing. Here's what I want you to know this Christmas. You're not God's gift. You're not God's gift. God isn't thankful that you're here today in the sense that you're the most important person. You aren't God's gift, but he is. He is God's gift. Jesus is God's gift to you and I. And he is a... He is an awesome, awesome, awesome man, more than we had known before. Let me tell you briefly why it's so good that Jesus is the four things we spoke about. If Jesus is humble, here's the awesome thing, the real, true, actual Jesus. If Jesus is humble, then it means he has understanding for you and I. God didn't stay in heaven far removed from us. He became one of us. He sweated in a shop. I'm sure he banged his hammer with, I mean, his thumb with a hammer. He got dusty when he walked on the street. He wept at his friend's funeral. The Jesus who really exists understands you and I because he was made like us. Secondly, the Jesus who is really there offers us salvation. Real, life-changing salvation. A clear conscience and a fresh start with God. Forgiveness for all of our sins. Today, some of you will be thinking that sounds like a good offer. Some of you will be rejoicing that you've already received it and you're thankful yet again for it. And some of you will be wondering, why would I need to be saved? I'm doing pretty well. Let me tell you today, when that thought runs out of steam, know that you have in Jesus a saviour. Thirdly, if Jesus is Lord of all, he offers hope for all. Hope for all. That means there's no country on the face of the earth, no home in Oran Park or the growing southwest where God does not want to see Jesus honoured and a fresh start begun. There is hope for the whole earth because Jesus is Lord of all. Fourthly, here's what it means for him to be judge. I think at some level we find that a bit icky. Here's the great thing. God will bring justice to the earth. Those who do wrong will not get away. Those who do wrong will not get away. And there are weeks like this when we wonder, do these people get off scot-free? The word of God encourages us, Jesus will not let that be the case. Justice will ultimately be done. But here's here's the kicker. It's done with grace and mercy so that you and I might be forgiven.
the real Jesus, the one who's actually there, oh, come let us adore him. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that when we were far away, you sent your son to us to live a perfect life, to die the death we deserve for our sins on the cross, to rise again, to give us the hope of life beyond the grave. Father, I pray today for those of us who know you as Lord, that we might rejoice again. I pray for those of us who have never taken hold of the salvation you offer, that we might ask you today and begin a new life with you. I pray for those of us who are yet to see the goodness of your offer, that you might soften our hearts, Father, that we might turn to Jesus and find full and final forgiveness. Have mercy, God. We thank you for Christmas Day. Come let us adore Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen.